Can the 49ers win a Super Bowl with head coach Kyle Shanahan, or is he in his own way? You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody. As always, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And uh, what what really spurred this episode, Croc, is a video from our guy, JT O'Sullivan. I think he was in here last time we went live. Shout out to JT if he's going to uh, pop into the, the live chat here. And, and there might be some live questions for you in this. But um, a really cool video. And it was all about Kyle Shanahan's San Francisco 49ers. And Croc, you and I kind of knew this was was coming and uh, behind the scenes, we knew that, that his episode was going to drop on that. I was kind of waiting for it, and I was really interesting what it was going to look like because I know he was going to wear the Shanna hat and all that. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it was, I mean, as usual, he nailed it. I, I loved the video. The, the just right off the bat, aesthetically, seeing him dressed up as Kyle Shanahan next to himself. And if you guys haven't watched it, when this episode's over, you got to go watch the, the QB school uh, yeah. episode here. It's on YouTube. Look up the QB school and JTO Sullivan does a lot of great quarterback breakdowns. I always learned so much and, and learned a lot about the 49ers, even four specific plays that he that he talked about on the podcast as it returns or as on his episode as it pertains to Kyle Shanahan and quarterback injuries and stuff. But just the beginning of the podcast, just beginning of his uh, video, I don't call it a podcast, but um, the beginning of his video with him sitting there. And then fake Kyle Shanahan, him dressed up as Kyle Shanahan, both on the screen at the same time. And just looking at the Kyle Shanahan one, it was really creepy, but hilarious. Yeah. And I was dying laughing. I was like, I, uh, at first I was like, oh, is he just not going to say anything? Because like he didn't really, the, the fake Kyle didn't really say anything. And it was all JT O'Sullivan talking. And I was like, oh, is he just going to stand there and, and take it and not really say anything the whole time? But just seeing him sit there in the, in the Kyle stuff, I don't know. I was just laughing. It was, it was really funny. He, he's done this. I remember uh, what, a year or so ago. Matter of fact, the... Trey Lance, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, like that draft class. Remember, he did the whole spoof where he started getting on uh, uh, Chris oh, Sims. Chris Sims, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and that was, I think that was an April 1st video as well, where a lot of people, they didn't know, you know, they didn't know who he was talking about. So he's like basically just ripping uh, Chris Sims the entire time. And the people that watch him knew what he was saying, but anybody that didn't know and they're just watching it, they they think that this is him, but he was kind of – poking fun at at Chris Sims on some of the things that how he critiqued some of the players uh, and and the quarterbacks in their traits. That was an April Fool's video from him. And he did the fake, he did the fake um, quarterback rankings. Right. And that's what he did for that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's cool. Uh, It it was really fun. And I I really enjoyed his, his video and and watch him break down Kyle Shanahan and he didn't really hold any punches back. And, And it wasn't, I wouldn't say criticism. I think everything in there was fair. Uh, but I didn't expect him to go as hard at Kyle Shanahan in that video. Did you? I didn't. Well, I did because that, that's just how he is, right? I mean, we, we kind of like talk about Kyle Shanahan and how he is, and he's very upfront. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is very blunt. I think uh, JT O'Sullivan, he's very similar in the way that he kind of, you know, gives his uh, content and puts it out there. It's it's kind of, I don't want to say matter of fact, he always leaves room for uh, uh, things that, you know, hey, maybe they're teaching it this way. But he's kind of a no-nonsense type of guy, kind of like Shanahan. So it, it really worked extremely well. And then he kind of threw a curveball. I don't know if you watched, like, the last 45 seconds of it. But when he started talking more, like, how maybe this is how Kyle talks in the meetings. 
where he's just kind of cussing guys out and it's really on them just doing stuff wrong but yeah, yeah. Uh, overall i thought the way he kind of set it all up was it's pretty pretty genius in, in the in the side by side thing i thought that was really cool yeah and uh, apparently i think jt o'sullivan's brother does video stuff so i think he's behind gotcha. some of the stuff and and, and jt's set up and he's got a really great setup there um and a whole lot of books smart guy he, he reads a lot of books and uh, so when it comes to breaking down football he's i mean he's uc davis aggies so you know he's a smart guy so we got uh emiliano in the in the chat he says all jt had to do is say a few ums and about a dozen stuffs and impressions could have been perfect <laughs> i told jt i said that was one of the first things right he said um you know what things should I, what should i know about Kyle, like what things that he does, you know, that stands out. I said, you have to say, um, I said, you can't say, um, enough. Like anytime you get a chance to say, um, say, um, and he threw it, he sprinkled it in there, but definitely not nearly enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, you know, it's funny. Cause we had talked a lot about the quarterback injury stuff and, and I want to get into what, what JT said about it. And, and but again, go, go watch his video after this. Um, if you haven't seen it. I'm sure a lot of our people have seen it. I didn't think he was going to throw the Jimmy one in there too, but that was interesting. And, and so basically the, the real thing I, I took from it was like a lot of us. And the, one of the big frustrations for me with Kyle was him sort of dismissing any question of him having anything to do with it, with the quarterback injuries. And, and, and it sounds like JT kind of had uh, a problem with that as well. He'd be like, look, okay, you want to say you don't have anything to do with these? Well, let's break down all four of just those plays of them getting hurt, let alone other plays where quarterbacks might get hit in, in his offense. Just the four plays of, of those quarterbacks getting hurt last year with, with Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Trey Lance, and Josh Johnson in the Super Bowl. And, and it was pretty amazing, and especially the Jimmy one, because the Jimmy one was like, oh, Jimmy gets hurt all the time. And I was like, I can't really do anything about Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt. But it was interesting the way he broke down the play, and that's what I love about JT O'Sullivan. And, uh, and that's why I learned a lot in all of his videos and talking about how um, Debo Samuel was in the backfield on that play. And it looked like Jimmy was looking for the hot read there. There was a free rusher in his face. And so that's one of the, the aspects of this with Kyle Shanahan, and you can say it's not on him, but really, in the end, everything is on Kyle, good and bad, right? Kyle's in charge of everything. And, and really, there's not many quarter. There's not many head coaches in the NFL that have as much on their plate that that are as much in charge and in control of their franchise as Kyle Shanahan. Look, Niners made the you know, championship game last year. They're doing well. This is not none of this. And and I didn't take anything from because people got really mad at JTL. And you know, like like this criticism's not warranted. Kyle Shanahan's done a really good job. The 49ers are in a really good place. This is one of the most fun eras of 49ers football. Uh, that there's been to watch and cover, minus being to the Super Bowl. So, you know, uh, but, but Kyle Shanahan's not perfect, right? So what can Kyle Shanahan do to get there? And that's why I titled the episode, and that's why we've got to kind of answer the question, can the San Francisco 49ers win a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan, or is he going to get in the way enough to where they're going to be good, not a great team? Yeah, I think the tough thing is you can look at very specific scenarios on maybe why the 49ers lost and say, well, if Jimmy Garoppolo completes this, ball for a touchdown against Kansas City, well, they probably win a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. If Matt Ryan 
you know, gets the ball off a tick sooner and throws it to a wide open guy and he doesn't get sack stripped for a fumble return back for a touchdown or if Muhammad Sanu or not Sanu, if they don't get called for holding on that third down play um, uh, where Sanu picked up good yard and they kick a field goal, they beat the Patriots. Like there are all these little things in there. But ultimately, I think why some of the times it looks the way it does, aside from just it being good on good when you're in the Super Bowl, right? Two great teams. Yeah. Can Kyle kind of loosen the reins a little bit? And I loved that he called that out because that's one of the things that we say, like Kyle, and it came out in the article years ago. A coach on his staff said that, look, we make the quarterback. The quarterback does not make the the system, right? The, the system makes the quarterback. And I feel like anybody that has that mindset based on your your like your players and that's how you're going to go about it your the reins are a little tight because you want it done this way and that's why i had said uh, uh uh what maybe a month ago about if the 49ers had drafted patrick mahomes but patrick mahomes looked the way that mahomes looks now because andy reed doesn't play mahomes the same way that he played Alex Smith, it's much free, right? It's freer. There are much more uh, turnover-worthy throws. Uh, Mahomes throws a ton of them. But that's part of what makes him amazing. That's part of what makes Mahomes great. You just kind of have to let him do his thing. And Andy Reid loosened up. And he has some fun, and they do the little spins, and they line up, and all these different things. He, he exudes a lot of confidence in his players. And I think part of that, that, like, that just letting loose a little bit, Gets, you get the most out of your quarterback position. I think there's a little bit that the 49ers, in the sense of meat being left on the bone when it comes to the quarterback position because it has to be so dang specific, every little thing. And I think that's really tough. Yeah, and it's one of the things I've said about Kyle and uh, it is it seems like Kyle is really the one playing quarterback. And so does he really truly – because remember when he, before, the 20, uh, before the 2021 draft, Kyle said – I want a quarterback that's going to make something happen if I do screw up and make a bad play. I don't know if he truly wants that. I think he wants, and that's what we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why I wonder, I'm really interested to see what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like with the Raiders and, and back in that McDaniels system that he played with, with the New England Patriots. Right. Because one of the things, and I want to talk a little bit more about some specifics in those quarterback injuries, and then one thing that JTO Sullivan said in that quarterback school video about Kyle Shanahan's passing game, which perked my ears up a little bit. And it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big feature of the video, but uh, I thought it was maybe the biggest takeaway from me. We'll get into that next. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out all the latest on the locked on podcast network. Of course, your team is covered no matter the sport on the network, locked on NFL scouting, locked on NFL draft. Make sure you check it all out everywhere. You get your podcasts, including YouTube. Today's episode of Locked on 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app. It's super fun to play. If you've ever thought you'd make a good NFL GM, well, now's your chance and you can give it a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create that dynasty either. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control of every managerial aspect and uh, just, I mean, everything from your team. You can, you can sell the naming rights to your stadium if you want. You can trade any player you want. You could trade for any player you want if you've got, if you pony up enough to get those players onto your team. Of course, the NFL draft, free agency, lead your team through every aspect of the offseason and the regular season to try to lead your team to glory and build that historic, historic dynasty. Hiring and firing the right coaches and coordinators. 
uh, all the negotiations of player salaries and terms, uh, free agency, draft, player personnel, injuries, issues that pop up during a season that you might not even see coming. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want to and when you want to. And Locked On 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On inside the game. That is Locked On, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Okay, so did you come away thinking that Kyle was actually more responsible for the quarterback injuries, less responsible for the quarterback injuries, or about the same as you already felt as it pertains to Kyle Shanahan? And again, I want to say this because a lot of people are going to get mad and they hear it, and they don't want to hear any criticism at all, any any analysis of their football team and their head coach that might be uh, on the negative side of things or things that can be improved. Uh, we're, we're sitting here talking about stuff that we want Kyle Shanahan to get over the hump so he can win that Super Bowl. So he doesn't have that cloud hanging over his head of if he can win the big one. Right. Um, and I would say one of the things that he could do to help himself get there is have a healthy quarterback. And I've said it before and watching JT's video. I mean, it just drives home the point. It's not like the plays he's calling are crazy and out there and he's doing something wild. But it's also clear to me that protecting his quarterback is not a high priority for Kyle Shaney. And to answer your question, I think it's about the same. And I know that's not the, the fun answer there. But when you look at the, the plays and kind of how it happens, I think what JT ultimately do, did was really just shine a light on our Kyle. Like you act like it's just random, but here is like what you're responsible for. So I don't think it's him saying like, hey man, like you're the reason your quarterbacks get hurt, but this, this is what you're doing or not doing to kind of contribute to them getting hurt. So uh, I still think it's slightly, you know, just kind of flukish, I guess. It's, it's, it's weird to kind of call it a fluke when so many quarterbacks are getting hurt under his watch, but there is a flukish aspect to it, but you could clearly see his his role and responsibility in it. Yeah, like if you're at the grocery store and you see a kid acting up, do you blame the kid or do you look over the parents and go, come on, man, what are you doing? You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's like in some way, he might be a wild kid, but in some way the responsibility the responsibilities on the parents to take care of that situation, right? And and have and teach their kids how to behave and act right and become great adults, right? And it's hard for a quarterback to become an adult when they're getting hurt in as part of their development. And it's happened to young quarterbacks. It's happened to old quarterbacks. And Kyle Shanahan's had a, a a part in all of that. Even if it's, you know, even if the play on the play sheet, and it's another one of the, the things I've talked about with Kyle Shanahan is like, look, um, you know, the that that run with, with Trey Lance, that's a fine play. Other teams have run it. You didn't invent it. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing out there. It's a play to run in a certain down and distance second and eight. And it's on your play sheet for a reason. It's in the playbook. And it belongs in the playbook. It should be there. It's a play that you could call. But you also have to consider, okay, the things that could happen on this play second and eight, we're supposed to be a team that's really good at running the football in the second quarter of a uh, of a week two game where where the game's not, uh, you know, it's not like we're trying to come back and we really need this one play. Is it worth it to call that play then? And it's when a good play call can be a bad play call. In the Super Bowl, when, hey, you made the right path, you made the right call, the guy got open, but the pass gets batted down. 
It's when a good play call can be a bad play call. It's like, just run the ball because a zero yard run is so much better than an incomplete pass there or a tipped interception, even worse. That could happen on that play, right? So uh, I think a lot of times Kyle, you know, does such a good job game planning. He's got to play on his call sheet, but sometimes a good play call can be a bad play call in some situations, especially as we saw in that JTO Sullivan breakdown at the QB school when the players on the field aren't ready to execute that play. That's still, even though it's a good play call, again, it's a bad play call if you haven't coached up your players on the field to execute that in a way that doesn't get the quarterback killed. I think that's a great point there. So do we start talking about Debo Samuel, right? And this is something that um, I saw Ashley pointed out on social media. She tagged myself. She tagged Greg Pinelli and said, hey, Greg was talking about this. And people kind of ripped Greg a little bit and said he, he was making excuses for Jimmy Garoppolo. But he was saying, hey, when your quarterback, who I think Jimmy either threw an, he either threw an interception or the, or the safety jumped in and maybe dropped it. But I think it was a pick. I think the safety came down and, and picked it off. And Greg said, this is Debo's fault. Like, Debo drifted on his dig route. You're supposed to get to a certain depth and flatten that route off across and even sometimes kind of work back uh, down the line a little bit. And Debo drifted up, so he kind of ran a lazy route and allowed the safety to undercut the, uh, the, the route and pick the ball off. And then everybody blames Jimmy G. And you see some of these things that uh, uh, JT pointed out with, hey, Debo, you're supposed to be the hot here. And he's like, well, does he not know? And if he doesn't know, then whose fault is that, right? Then that's Kyle's fault for maybe not coaching it up. Or if Kyle did coach it up, then, I mean, you're allowing him to do it. And yeah, uh, you look on the other side and you see Christian McCaffrey, who understands versus this zero blitz. Oh, I, I, I have to run it this, like, you know, this certain way. And Debo didn't understand that. And you see Jimmy waiting on Debo to get open. And then, oh, it's too late, it's too late. They now have to try to escape. And then that's how he ultimately ended up getting hurt. Right. And, and so it's either you didn't coach him up well enough or you're putting a player who's a wide receiver at a position that's not right for him because he doesn't have years and years of experience of being a, a running back. He's a wide back and he's good with the ball in his hands, but he doesn't know all the rules. And it would be hard for him to know all the rules of what, what you know, the blitz pickups and all the protections and, you know, when it's going to be hot for you in that spot because you're not used to playing running back. You're just playing wide receiver and, and how the rules would be different maybe for you. So that's that's really tough. And in the end, it all works its way back up to the top of the pyramid, which right. is Kyle Shanahan. And the other thing about quarterback is it all works its way up to the top with Kyle Shanahan. How has he not found himself a quarterback that we're still here getting ready for year seven of Kyle Shanahan's tenure with the San Francisco 49ers and still have no, really no answers of, of who the quarterback is? Uh, that, that's a failure. And, and Kyle Shanahan needs to figure out quarterback. And when they figure out the quarterback, need to keep that guy healthy and on the field to win that Super Bowl. And I absolutely think Kyle Shanahan can go win a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think that's even a question. He's a really good coach, but I think there are ways that he can improve. And I think a lot of it does revolve around the quarterback. Right. I mean, I think that's everybody. I did. Uh, I started one of the comments in the chat and uh, Judd said, it's easy to loosen up when you have Mahomes. Why didn't Andy loosen up with Alex Smith? And I think he did. I think he did loosen up with Alex Smith. Right. Like that. that that's part of it. It's easy it's easy to loosen up when you see what Mahomes has become. But prior to Mahomes becoming Mahomes, how hard is it to loosen up for a guy who played this kind of reckless style in college? And I remember thinking, like, eh, maybe needs to tighten up a little bit, but, man, supremely talented. And clearly, uh, uh, Andrew Reed just said, no, nah, man, go do your thing. Go do your thing and just play like how you play. 
And that's hard to have that type of trust in the guy. And I think for Kyle and the, and the office, and the passing office, and that was another thing that uh, JT pointed out as well, that it's, it's this, um, it's, it's not the most like dynamic uh, in the sense of like, or easy throws. And we've talked about this, right? Like, hey man, why don't you, like, where's the five yard stop route or 10 yard stop route, right? Like just kind of like easy throws. A lot of things is really predicated on timing and rhythm, which makes it great which makes it great. And when it hits, it hits. But I do think it's a little bit more difficult uh, in the sense of quarterbacking in this office. I think this is its the easiest and hardest. It's easiest because it's clear, defined reads on where to throw the ball. It's the hardest because the timing and accuracy and anticipation have to be on point so much as opposed to some of these other offenses where they spread it out, it's wide open, oh, boom, ball's out of your hand, and it's a little bit clearer vision. Like, you think about all the throws that Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing, a lot of them really tight windows. You have to be able to make that throw. It's, it's a little bit more difficult and really predicated on the timing, which, again, great but it's a little it's a little hard uh next i want to get into that other aspect of the jto sullivan qb school video uh, on kyle shanahan it was about the passing game is there more there in kyle shanahan's passing game does there need to be more there in kyle shanahan's passing game and an evolution of it and george kittle a little wwe action as well we'll get into the chat a little bit to finish this one up next Thank you once again, everybody, for making us your first listen. Check out Locked On NFL Scouting for your second listen with the draft dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more NFL experts, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Monday through Friday, find it on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Croc. So uh, JT, at the end of the video, threw in something about Kyle Shanahan's passing game. And I was a little bit surprised to hear that one. And it perked my ears up a little bit. And uh, essentially, he talked about how maybe Kyle Shanahan needs to evolve a little bit. And his passing game for being like this genius and this guru, uh, maybe maybe that passing game could advance a little bit. And again, it might be about the quarterback too and limitations there. But um, uh, and, and I think there's something we've talked about in the past is like, where are we lighting up the scoreboard here, you know? And we saw a little bit with Brock Purdy there at the end of the season, and maybe that's the next evolution of it. But there's got to be more to Kyle Shanahan's passing game too, because it's it's weird to have this offensive guru of a of a head coach, and the offenses are good, but the defenses are better than the offenses. What is the offense going to be like? Oh, this is the show now. Well, I think we saw some of that with Purdy late last year, right? I mean, the, the team was putting up a lot of points with Purdy at quarterback. But, again, my guy Greg, we got to get Greg on here to talk about this. And he talked about some of the uh, the concepts in the passing game and how kind of sometimes they're, they're very simplistic. And JT kind of pointed that out as well. It's the drop back passing game. That's where the issue is, right? Like, again, the under center play action, we see those windows open up. But – when you are in shotgun and it's spread out, you know, we're just the, the gimme throws, the simple throws, the high uh, the high level efficiency uh, throws in this office. I think from a drop back passing uh, perspective, I think that's where the 49ers can improve in their passing game. I think Debo Samuel is going to be part of that. Um, taking it more, I, I don't want to take it more seriously, but uh, Debo could be a better receiver than he is right now, I think. Uh, Brandon, uh, yeah, and, and if you're going to get that quarterback play that we saw from Brock Purdy or potentially better from from Trey Lance, if he wins the job, right? Like there's so much more there in the passing game. The running game so good and the defense is so good. I mean, the pass the, the 49ers could be 
scary good, ridiculously good, even without a Mahomes-level quarterback. There's, there's a lot more there, I think, in the 49ers' drawback passing game that could come, and it could come this year. What I think with Debo Samuel, I think he got a little caught up in the wide back and kind of what that is, and he embraced it, and that and that's great. He does a great job in that role, but I think it did take a little bit away from what he can potentially be as a pass catcher. And you know, I talked about it before when he made the comment. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it always stuck with me when they asked him, "Do you watch any other receivers?" And he said, "No. Why would I watch any other receivers when none of them are like me? They don't play like me. They don't do what I do." And I'm like, well. You do do different things half the time, but what about the other half the time where you're actually just a receiver, like a normal guy out running routes? And I think that you can always improve your game. And when you hear, you know, Devontae Adams or you hear Cooper Cup, like why are they taking things from other people's games and kind of adding that to their repertoire? Oh, man, I saw him kind of do this and, okay, I, I worked on this and I'm improving at that. So it's like everybody else can work on these little things, but Debo Samuel, great at what you do, but you can't continue to evolve as a pure pass catcher I think that's a little that's a little interesting and I think it puts Kyle Shanahan in a sticky situation because on any on any given play Debo can beat man coverage he can get open he can catch the ball and he can take it to the crib but as a coach can you 100% count on him to win the rep and I think that's something that is just a little hit and miss with his kind of inability more times than not to create the separation. Now, again, he only needs a, a, a slither of space, but even then, that's, it makes it, again, a, a, a little bit tougher of a target for a quarterback. I don't even know how to say this name. RLB2ESQ in the chat says, Peacock, yep, failing at QB, didn't even scout Mahomes. He gets a pass because of nepotism. So nepotism was a big subject of JT oh, Sullivan's yeah. video. And uh, I talked a little bit about that before here on the podcast. And look, the biggest thing with that, look, Croc, you know what it's been like uh, as a player. And you've had interviews for other positions with NFL teams, right? Um, I, I've, uh, I, I tried a long time ago. I tried to get my foot in the door, uh, you know, scouting, whatever. I was like, you know, let me mop the floors in the, in the scouting room, whatever, you know, it is so hard to get a job in the NFL and to roll out of high roll out of college and get to be quality control for John, John Gruden, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan was put on the fast track. Would he have eventually eventually gotten to where he is right now being the NFL head coach? Does he deserve to be an NFL head coach? Is he a good NFL head coach? Yeah. Um, but the nepotism in the NFL is crazy and it's called the nepotism football league for a reason. And, um, I will say that that Kyle is not going to turn down those jobs either, right? That he got, but I do love that the 49ers have been ahead of everybody in getting minorities hired elsewhere and getting other people yeah. for the top jobs. But uh, I still think there's a problem at the bottom level, at the entry level jobs, because it is so hard to get that. And you got every Kubak in the world working in the NFL, right? Including on the San Francisco 49ers staff. And it's all family, you know, the Shanahan's and Kubiak's, they work together before. Now they have jobs here together. So there's still a lot of that going on in the NFL. And it's the entry level jobs that are the hardest to get in the NFL. Once you get the foot in the door and you show what you can do, then you can earn yourself some other positions. Um, but and teams aren't trying to get the best people either. We talked about it, like, why do teams miss so much in the draft? Why? What? I don't think they're trying to get the best scouting staff. They're just trying to find some people that'll work for cheap that know somebody else. Like, hey, who do you know? Cool. Bring them in. Let's get them hired. And it's, it's still not a great situation. It can be better. 
And a lot of people ask, okay, why would JT O'Sullivan bring that up? Uh, you you got to shine light on it. You got to talk about it. You got to bring it up. And hopefully we can always, we can continue to prove and continue to get better. But, you know, nepotism is never going to go away. It's definitely not just an NFL problem either. It, it isn't. And I remember uh, just what during the senior bowl week, right? I'm out, I'm, in, I'm at the senior bowl uh, for Mobile and I'm in this uh, bar and you just see all these people, right? Everybody front office, uh, you know, you got coaches in there. It's like, man, I'm right next to Vrabel. I'm right next to uh, uh, Brian Flores. But the the one interesting thing from like, it looked like from like scouts and things like that, there are not many brothers out there. And, you know, when I walk out in, in, into the bar and I see everybody there that's involved with these different teams and you see their logos and everything, and I'm like, man, very few brothers. For as many people as I know that try to get into it, uh, that really give a lot of time and effort. I mean, look, we got great guys on the draft show right now, uh, but a lot of guys that they're trying and they're, and they're trying to figure out different ways to get in. But when you look and, and you go to a place like that and you see 90% of the people don't look like me, and it's just interesting for as many people that are interested in trying to get into it. Like I said, it is, it is extremely difficult. I, I'm, not, I'm super confident. I'm not saying this um, to brag or I'm not saying this to be like, uh, anything crazy that I don't fully believe, Croc, you and I, GM, assistant GM, we go hire nobody from the league. We go hire Keith and Dame from Locked On NFL Draft, Kyle and Joe from Locked On NFL Scouting, uh, Ben Solak, right? Uh, I think a boy wonder. He's a dude's only 25 years old. He is so smart. You know, all these guys from the media, people we've worked with on the network, people we worked with, I could build a, a staff. And look, uh, dude, Brad Spielberger, he's been on the show over the cap. He'll be our cap expert guy, right? We could put together. Our Parag Marate. Yeah, our Parag, yeah. We could put together, I'm, and I'm not joking, we could put together a front office staff that would be not only just good enough, not, not 32nd in the league, 31st in the league, top 16, top half of the NFL in, in putting together a football team. No doubt in my mind. They're not looking for smart people. That's not the number one goal of filling out your the bottom of your coaching staff and the bottom of your front office and your scouting staff. It's not the goal in the NFL right now. Right. Hiring easy hires, people you know, who do you know? That, that's that's Getting your foot in the door is the biggest problem in the NFL, non-player version. Todd says, Peacock looking to be the GM of the next expansion franchise. I swear to God, me and Croc, give us a franchise. We will not let you down. We will not. <laughs> Look at the people the people that are former GMs or former scouts and just look at how they talk, right? Like you see them on social media and look at how they talk and how wrong they are, or how right. And I'd say we can, you know, you talked about some people uh, on the locked on network that, you know, we know football, et cetera. We could take some of the people in the chat right now. I guarantee like a bunch of y'all and you guys would hit on some players as well. I mean, it's just, I, I don't think it's as, uh, drastic of a, a difference as people think the the biggest thing really is it's not even so much the talent part it's understanding who the player is there everybody in here we got alex Purcell on the chat alex could tell us what talent looks like right oh dude we we got a we got a a listenership that knows ball cross right, that too that's why they listen to this podcast because they know ball we got jt in the chat jt o'sullivan says i'd hit on a few don't sign me up though uh jt will be definitely on my staff and I don't care if you want to or not, JT. You'd be on my staff for sure. It'd be a, it'd be a superstar staff, no doubt. No doubt. Appreciate the video too. I love love the stuff, JT. Keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you catch George Kittle at WrestleMania? Crap. I did. Hey, I always tell people, man, talented people 
They can do anything. Jake Paul, you know, like Jake Paul and the, the Paul brothers, they're really big mm. on YouTube. Uh, they, you know, they do the, the boxing and things like that, but they are very talented, right? So one of them, I think it's Jake. I don't know if you've seen him wrestle. Looks amazing. Like, he looks like a wrestler. Like, it looked great. And I'm just like, well, of course. He's hella talented. George Kittle, hella talented. Of course, George Kittle looks natural doing some acting and, and some wrestling. And that's right up his wheelhouse. I remember him coming into the league when he was drafted and talking about how big of a fan of wrestling that he is. And uh, seeing him up there with The Miz. And I remember Miz when he was on the real world, not even wrestling yet. But he was trying to get his foot in the door with wrestling. But George Kittle, of course. I mean... Look like he, he's a natural, a great, great actor. I think it fits right up, you know, what his character is, even as a 49er. Well, all of those people you just named, I mean, that they were headlining, or not really headlining, but they were a big part of that show, that WWE show. The Miz came from, like, reality TV. Yeah, right? the, the real world. Yeah, and, and Jake Paul came from the, you know, the YouTube world. And, you know, George Kittle comes from the NFL. Pat McAfee comes from the NFL. McAfee, by the way, with the flip off the top rope, I wasn't expecting Crazy. He doesn't look as, as nice as George Kittle does, you know, in the sleeveless in the ring. George Kittle just looks the part. When, when George Kittle retires, he could easily have a full career. WWE. Right. Like, he loves it. He eats it up. I, I'm not into the, the wrestling thing like I was when I was a kid. Like I was I'm, I'm talking like Ultimate Warrior. Well, did you think it was real? Oh, when I was a kid, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I thought it was real, yeah, so. The truth about whether it was real, even when I was starting to realize it's not real, right? And he would not want, it was like a Santa Claus thing. He didn't want to tell me until I realized, like, this crap ain't real. Um, but then it was like basically the jorts era is when I stopped. It was like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and, you know, John Cena. And they're wearing jorts and they just have a name. And I was like, uh, I don't want to see Bob Jefferson. I want to see Jimmy Superfly Snooker. You know, I want to see like. <laughs> characters and plus i was a kid and i had that suspension of disbelief which i don't have anymore like i was watching them i was watching kill and it was really cool to see him do it but i was watching and i was like are people sold on this like i, I it doesn't it doesn't work for me anymore i, I think it's more so and somebody kind of made the connection between just watching a tv show and it's tough because growing up you did think it was real like yeah. when it was like a big match and it's the rock verse uh you know stone cold like i do not want to think that this is fake. And so I always thought it was real. But now that you know it's fake, it's like, uh, okay, I do want to try to view it as acting, but I just can't because I always thought it was real. Did it's like I don't get I don't get excited about Santa anymore. You know, I see him in the mall, it's like he's fake, you know. That's my cousin or something. Did, are you surprised that Kittle is allowed to do it? Because uh, he didn't do a lot, like he didn't do the flip off the top rope or anything, so he, it wasn't really super physical with what he did. But I remember back the, the story of uh, Matt Kane through a perfect game. And he tells that story. And before the game, there was like a, a, some PJ golfers, I think, were there. And he had to ask the GM of the Giants, Brian Sabian, he had to ask permission to hit a golf ball from home plate into the before the game. Like, you can't do anything without permission in, in sports. Like, I can't imagine going and, and performing in WWE is part of George Kittle's contract. If he was to like jump over that rail and turn his ankle and get hurt, you know what I mean? Like I, I bet he could avoid all kinds of stuff in that contract. Like oh, yeah. that, that, that was pretty wild that he was even there and allowed to do what he did. Although he didn't do a ton of, a ton of stuff, but um, I, I'd be really interesting to know about the, the, the contract and what he's allowed to do, what permission he got for that kind of thing. Cause if I, I can't imagine if I'm the GM and I've got a multi-million dollar athlete and I see him doing WWF stuff, I'd be like, dude, you better go sit down. 
that's what I'd be thinking if I was John Lynch. Yeah, I, I think they knew, and maybe he said, "Look, I'm not gonna be doing much. I'm just gonna do a little clothesline, clothesline on the on the Miz, and then my guy Pat McAfee's gonna come off the top rope. I won't be near him." And they probably said, "Go ahead, live out your dream, dude. Go live out your dream." He was ready, man. Him, he had the wife next to him. She's like rooting him on. I was like, yeah. "That's pretty cool." You could tell he loved it. He was eating it up. It's fantastic. I love it for George, and, and he did a good job. Shout out to George. Yeah, he, he yeah. killed it. Thanks everybody for making a Peacock or for making you know, said Peacock and Williamson. Dude, make sure you subscribed up to Peacock and Williamson, please. The brand new YouTube channel there. We're talking about the entire NFL every single day. Former NFL scout Matt Williamson and myself. And of course, thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.